Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. The year was 1969. The Dallas Cowboys had just lost to the Cleveland Browns 38-14 in the NFL playoffs. Dallas wasn't supposed to lose. They had compiled an 11-2-1 record in the regular season. One of those losses was to the Browns, 42-10 in Week 7. Still, the Cowboys were favored to beat the Browns and move on to face the mighty Minnesota Vikings in the NFL title game. It would be the fourth year in a row that the Cowboys were good enough to reach the Super Bowl, but didn't. They lost two heartbreakers to the Green Bay Packers in 1966 and 1967 NFL title games. They lost in 1968 to the Browns and not again to the Browns. I was only seven years old, and it was the first year I followed the NFL. I don't remember the details of the game all that well, but I remember watching it. My interest in football started with playing it not watching it. My father gave my brother and me a football and a helmet for Christmas. We would play in the yard and sometimes in the park. I do remember football being on our black and white TV at home. My father and brother watched the games often, but I was still too young to understand it, and I also had trouble sitting still. My interest in watching football started with football cards. I don't remember where I obtained them, but I got my hands on some 1969 Topps football cards. I loved looking at those cards with bright, vibrant colors. I was captivated by the colorful uniforms, the helmets, and especially the team logos. I would read all the information on the back of the cards. It gave you the player's height, weight, age, stats, what year he started in the league, and what job he had during the offseason. Yes, they had regular jobs in the offseason. It was like a whole biography on each player. That Christmas, three days before the Cowboys versus Browns playoff game, my mother gave my brother and me Dallas Cowboys sweatshirts, our first. She ordered them from the Sears and Robot catalog. But at this point, I had two favorite teams, the Cowboys and the New York Giants. My father was a Giants fan, and he had watched all the great Giants teams of the 1950s and early 1960s. Because we were from New Jersey, we were supposed to root for local teams, in our case, the Giants and Jets. But my father said it was up to me which team I liked best. I liked the Giants because my father did but I also liked the Cowboys because my brother did. 
My brother is three and a half years older than me. He started rooting for the Cowboys during the 1967 NFL title game against the Green Bay Packers. He was a big fan of wide receiver Bob Hayes, nicknamed the Bullets, because of his blazing speed. Hayes won a gold medal in the 1964 Olympics, and with that was deemed the fastest man in the world. My brother convinced me to choose the Cowboys over the Giants, which didn't take much convincing. The Giants had falling on hard times, without a winning season for six years. Even my father, a lifelong Giants fan, was down on them. He criticized them for trading away his favorite player, Sam Huff, after the 1963 season. The Cowboys, on the other hand, were winning. They had the sharpest looking uniforms in the league. They had great players too, like Hayes, as mentioned earlier, on offense, and Bob Lilly on defense. Lilly would quickly become my favorite player. That's what made the playoff loss to the Browns so disappointing, especially to my brother who had watched them lose for the fourth year in a row. 1970 would be different, we thought. It would be a year Cowboys would finally win it all. My interest in sports peaked that year too, thanks in part to my second grade teacher, Miss Macia. She was born and raised in Wisconsin, and she was a big sports fan. I was usually a shy kid, but I loved talking sports with her. Understandably, she was a Green Bay Packers fan. She liked to tease me about how the Packers had beaten my Cowboys two years in a row in the NFL title game. But I was only four years old in 1966, and five years old in 1967, and I didn't remember either of those games. One day in class, as part of our history lesson, she showed us an 8mm film on the 1967 title game. It was the first time that I had seen the game. It was dubbed the Ice Bowl because of minus 16 degree temperatures. I was mesmerized. I found myself dissecting every play, understanding it all for the first time. I thanked her for showing it, and we talked football for the remainder of the school year. She'll always be my favorite teacher. The 1970 season the one that my brother and I had such high hopes for, didn't start well. After nine weeks, Dallas was only five wins and four losses. Two of those losses were humiliating defeats, 38-0 to the St. Louis Cardinals on Monday Night Football, and a 54-13 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. I was starting to regret not picking the Giants as my team. The Giants' record stood at six wins and three losses, and they had defeated the Cowboys in Week 8. But suddenly, the Cowboys got hot. They won the remaining five regular season games and made the playoffs for the fifth straight year. Dallas defeated the Detroit Lions in the first round and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC title game. In their last six games, the defense had allowed a total of just 25 points and two touchdowns in 24 quarters of football. The doomsday defense was living up to its name. We were sure the Cowboys would beat the Baltimore Colts in the Super Bowl, 
but it wasn't to be. The Cowboys were brilliant on defense, just as it had been the previous six weeks, but the team still lost 16-13 on a last-second field goal. The Cowboys have now missed the chance to be champions for the fifth year in a row. Miss Macia made sure to remind me every chance she got. Oh, how it hurt to be a Cowboys fan. 1971 started much the same as in 1970. The Cowboys started 4-3, and three, which included upset losses to two bad teams, the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints. In Week 8, Coach Tom Landry decided to go with former Heisman Trophy winner Roger Staubach as his starting quarterback. The Cowboys then reeled off nine wins in a row, including a playoff victory over the Vikings and a win over the 49ers in the NFC title game. The Cowboys were back in the Super Bowl, up against the Miami Dolphins. The Cowboys were the better team, but my brother and I were still pretty nervous, knowing the Cowboys' history. But Dallas won easily, 24-3, and we finally had our long-awaited Super Bowl victory. By now, our bedroom was filled with Dallas Cowboys pictures and memorabilia. My Christmas wish list consisted mostly everything Dallas Cowboys. Shirts, jackets, coats, and helmet, all ordered from Mom's Sears and Robot catalog. The 1972 Cowboys picked up right where they left off in 1971, standing 8-2 after 10 weeks. We had high hopes for a third straight Super Bowl appearance but we began to worry after a 31-10 defeat to the 49ers on Thanksgiving Day. Then there was a 23-3 defeat to the Giants in the final regular season game. It would be the first time in seven years that the Cowboys didn't finish first in their division. They would play the 49ers in the playoffs. Dallas fell behind 28-13 with just minutes left in the game. It looked like the season was over. But then Roger Staubach entered the game to replace the struggling Craig Morton. Staubach had missed most of the season due to injury. Staubach rallied the team to a fantastic last-minute 30-28 comeback win. But the following week, our Super Bowl hopes were dashed with a crushing 26-3 loss to the arch-rival Washington Redskins. To make matters worse, one of our favorite baseball players, Roberto Clemente, died in a plane crash that same day. It was New Year's Eve, but neither my brother nor I felt much like celebrating. The Cowboys started 3-0 in 1973, before losing again to the rival Redskins on Monday Night Football, 14-7. The Cowboys had a chance to tie the game in the final minute, but fullback Walt Garrison was stopped at the goal line by Redskins safety Ken Houston, who had just joined the team after being acquired in a trade with the Houston Oilers. Dallas lost the following week to the Los Angeles Rams in a 37-31 shootout. The team rebounded with a Week 6 win over the Giants, but then lost again in Week 7 to the Eagles. At 4-3, the Cowboys appeared to be sleepwalking. 
But then, as they always seem to do, the team went on a winning streak, this time winning 6 out of 7, including a much-needed 27-7 win over the rival Redskins. Dallas then avenged its early season loss to the Rams, 27-16, in the playoffs. But they once again lost in the NFC title game, this time to the Minnesota Vikings, 27-10. 1974 started with a 24-0 win over the Falcons, but then came four straight losses. I was stunned. I had never seen the Cowboys lose four games in a row. They won seven of the next nine, including a thrilling 24-23 come-from-behind win over the Redskins on Thanksgiving Day. But they failed to reach the playoffs for the first time since 1965. It was clear that changes needed to be made. In part two, we will take a look at the Cowboys from 1975 to 1982. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.